Joshua 16. The lot came out for the children of Joseph from the Jordan at Jericho, at the waters of Jericho on the east, even the wilderness going up from Jericho through the hill country to Bethel. He went out from Bethel to Luz and passed along to the border of the Archites to Adaroth. And it went down westward to the border of the Japhlethites, to the border of Beth Horon, the lower, and on to Giza and ended at the sea. The children of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, took their inheritance. This was the border of the children of Ephraim, according to their families. The border of their inheritance eastward was Adaroth Adar, to Beth Horon, the upper. The border went out westward at Michmethah on the north. The border turned about eastward to Tanath Shiloh and passed along it on the east of Genoa. It went down from Genoa to Adaroth to Nurah, reached to Jericho and went out at the Jordan. From Tapua, the border went along westward to the brook of Canaar and ended at the sea. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Ephraim, according to their families, together with the cities which were set apart for the children of Ephraim in the middle of the inheritance of the children of Manasseh, all the cities with their villages. They did not drive out the Canaanites who dwelled in Gezeer, but the Canaanites dwell in the territory of Ephraim to this day and have become servants to do forced labor. So we're now going through the process of describing the inheritance of all the tribes one by one by one. We started a couple of chapters ago with the three tribes east of the Jordan, and then we've come onto the west of the Jordan, and in the last chapter, the longest, we described the inheritance of Judah, and now we've got to chapter 16, we're describing the inheritance of um, the tribe of Joseph. Now this is interesting because Jacob had 12 sons, and one was Joseph. But Joseph, he had two sons. Now, it was a custom in the ancient Near East that the oldest son, or the firstborn son, would get a double portion. Now, what, interestingly, what's happened here with Jacob is that Jacob's given his firstborn portion to the oldest son of his favorite wife. So this is Joseph. So Joseph gets the double portion. And how that works practically is Joseph's got two sons and they both become a tribe each. So you've got 13 tribes now because that's how it works with double portions. Like if you had two sons and the oldest got a double portion, you've got three portions and one son gets two and one son gets one. That's how double portion works. So if you've got 12 sons and one gets a double portion, now you've got 13 portions. And those 13 portions are represented by Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and then the other 11 tribes. But when they actually come into the land and divide the land, they only divide it into 12. One of the tribes misses out. That's the tribe of Levi. Because the tribe of Levi, the Lord is the inheritance of the priests. And that's a, picture, a symbolic picture for us because we're all priests in the new covenant and the Lord is our inheritance. But in the land, it's divided by 12 ways and Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, each get a tribal land inheritance. And 10 other tribes do, but not the tribe of Levi. So that's how that all works. And in this chapter 16, what's described is the inheritance of Ephraim, because you'll remember that on the other side of the Jordan, Manasseh was given an inheritance there. So we've got three already been given on the east, and now on the west, two, Judah and Ephraim. So, so far we've covered five of the 12 tribes that are going to get their inheritance, and we've also mentioned that Levi doesn't get one. 
although um, they do get given cities in which they can live. So in the last chapter, we were discussing Judah, and it took 63 verses to discuss Judah's inheritance. There was also a whole chunk where we talked about the special inheritance for Caleb, but here in chapter 16, only 10 verses to discuss Ephraim's inheritance. Now, why do you think <laughs> that so much space would be spent on Judah, but so little space on uh, Ephraim? <laughs> well, um, I think that what's effectively going on here is that Judah is effectively the, the firstborn. I know I just said that Joseph was given the firstborn status. Well, he was given that by Jacob. Jacob counted his two sons as the double portion. But the Lord actually counted Judah as the firstborn. And it didn't, you know, we see it all the way through scripture that Judah was the tribe that Jesus came from. The line of Judah goes, you know, it's the tribe of the line of Judah. And all the kings that, you know, went down to Christ came through Judah. And salvation history comes through Judah. You know, Caleb, the man of faith, he was from the tribe of Judah. So I think the Lord saw Judah as, as the effective firstborn son, and it's through Judah that all the fuss is made. And so we've got a bit of a picture of that, I guess, I'm assuming, in how big this chapter is and how, how much detail it is given in describing it. So um, <laughs> these are some of the interesting things that we discover as we, as we read the Bible. What about you? What's your inheritance in the land? Um, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're weak and, and, or if you're strong. The Lord has an inheritance for you. You, you, know, you might look at this chapter and say, well, you know, there's other people out there. They're so great, like Caleb. There's some people that, you know, they've done so much for the Lord. They're so grand. The Lord clearly loves them. That There's a great inheritance from the like, like uh, Judah. When you might say, I'm a nobody. I'm not very, very special. And you might feel like you're just someone that only had 10 verses spoken about them. But, you know, everyone else has got these grand narratives. Well, you know, not everyone gets a big write-up. But I think what's interesting here is that Everyone who's in the Lord gets an inheritance. And the Lord is so gracious that he divides up between everyone. And even if we are not the great greatest, the Lord has something for us. And I've concluded a long time ago that I am not the greatest. And uh, the, the longer that you walk with the Lord, the more you walk with him, the more you'll realize the same thing too, that there's nothing special about us. In the New Testament, it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, where is it? 1 Corinthians 1, it's in the first chapter, and it says that, that, that not many of you were, were wise when you were called, that not many of you were great or had positions of influence. But, you know, basically the Lord has called the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And so the Lord does this. The Lord takes people like you and I, we may not be very great. There might not be much to say about us. There may be people out there in the world who look at us and say, you know what, you're not very special. You're not even worthy of 10 verses. <laughs> but the Lord gives us an inheritance. I think that's really good. So Lord, I thank you that you have an inheritance for all your people. You have an inheritance for the great. 
You have an inheritance for the small. You have an inheritance for the strong and for the weak. Lord, that there's a portion in Christ for us all. Lord, I ask you to give us our portion. Lord, if it's a single portion or if it's a double portion, Lord, I thank you that our portion is in Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that when we're given Christ, we're given something that's unshakable and cannot be removed. Lord, forgive us for striving to be great. Forgive us for wanting to be better than others. Forgive us for competing with others. Lord, we accept that you choose our inheritance, that you choose our portion. You choose when we were born and when we would live and what family we would be born into. You you chose so many things for us. Lord, we want to say today that we're satisfied. We're grateful for what you've given to us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.